What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. tuned into homo ground same ground different sound my name is maya mcdonald and today's episode features my conversation with la-based songwriter and performer tara lopez of rituals of mine 
We recently caught up via telephone to discuss her evolution as an artist and her thoughts on what's coming next. A new three-song EP, Sleeper Hold, is out now on Car Park Records. Many thanks to Tara. Find Rituals of Mine everywhere. Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, RitualsofMine.com, so on and so forth. Right now, let's get into it. This is Tara. This is Maya. Where are you right now? I'm in Sacramento right now. I leave for tour tomorrow. So I've just been up here um, for rehearsals. Uh, my drummer lives in San Francisco, so Sacramento is kind of like our little halfway point. Nice. Uh, what, is your, yeah. uh, what does your rehearsal usually entail? Do you have to do like a lot um, of stretching? You know, I feel like your live show is so dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do a lot of stretching, actually. Um, our, we're kind of learning new material right now. So not kind of, we are learning new material. So it's just like really just rehearsing some of these new songs and just creating an entire new set along with like, we have a lighting designer for the first time. Her name is Lex and she's awesome. And so kind of just like figuring out the entire set, um, lighting, sound, all of it. Wow. Uh, I remember last time I saw you, which was maybe at Treefort, you did have some pretty epic lighting at that point. So I'm thrilled to hear that you have even gone further on that end. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, um, you know, it's something where we really take our live show seriously. And for me, that's, that's the most, I don't know, that's where I feel like I'm able to express myself the most. So we just try to refine every single tour and make it just a little bit more dynamic and just different. So then that way for fans who have seen us a bunch of times, it's a brand new set every time. What kind of discussions do you so, have with your, uh, with your lighting designer? I'm curious. Doesn't like, I've never had that kind of artistic discussion with someone. It's really, it's actually really cool. And it's um, the last time it's, it's been an emotional experience, which is I, which is super unexpected, but um, you know, lighting I think is, something that has really helped me feel more comfortable on stage. Um, and it's been a way of expressing ourselves and emotions through, through light and through, I don't quite know how to explain it, but it's been really incredible finding someone who gets the songs on such an emotional level and is able to translate that into something really powerful. Um, it's just, it's been really incredible, especially with these new songs. Like, you know, we're learning them musically. I'm learning how to sing in them, but then also to feel comfortable on stage in the environment that she is creating for us is, it's been a really powerful um, experience. So it's cool to kind of create the aesthetic and make sure that we're, you know, anytime that we want to bring um, people into our world, it's, we're now able to kind of create that in any venue that we play, you know, whether it's a small, tiny, like dive bar to a large theater, like we're able to create that world. And that's something that's always been really important to us. And she's helping us actually make that happen. I love that kind of focus because I often think about how an artist has a certain amount of time on the stage and they can do anything they want with that time and that space. And I feel like it can often go kind of underutilized. Yeah. And that's always been a big fear of mine. Um, for me, it's just like the live show is the opportunity to really connect with the fans. And 
for you know for us to connect with with the songs as well and so it's like you know you have 30 45 minutes up there to really kind of express yourself through these songs in a way that I have yet to really feel like I'm able to translate that on a recording so the live show is our place to put it all out there and for me it's you know it's super rewarding to see people getting drawn into that world and see um, you know, grown men in tears, which is really powerful, or, you know, people like singing their hearts out or laughing, smiling, dancing, like all of these different emotions and to be able to look out to the crowd and see that. That's like what I always hope we can um, bring to to people is just that hopefully that this resonates. And so for the full package to kind of be um, that is super important to us. I was going to ask about energy exchange between you and your fans because I feel like both in the intensity of your live show and in like your general uh, openness and vulnerability, it kind of offers people a chance to connect in that way. It seems like. Yeah. You know, I, I just think it's so important and and it's scary. It's definitely scary, especially nowadays, social media. Um, it's a lot of work to be vulnerable and I feel like it's, it's a lot of work to be present um, online and to, you know, just put yourself out there every single day. But I think it's very rewarding and it's something where I have found it has given me the motivation to continue going in the industry is by having fans connect and, and come up to me at shows and, and talk about, you know, mental health or talk about insecurities, talk about um, just, you know, like how our music or is able to keep them going or how, you know, my, like me sharing my journey with mental health or, um, you know, suicide prevention has helped them in, in their own ways. So it's it's pretty remarkable. And it and it continues to keep me open anytime that I'm feeling insecure, like, oh, God, maybe I share too much. But then to hear like the feedback and that it's actually helping other folks, like I'm like, OK, this is what I'm meant to do and I'm going to keep doing it. It's just um, it kind of. Yeah, it, to me, that's success. To me, that's like the um, the type of energy exchange that I want to have with people while I'm doing this is is to be 100 percent authentic. And it's for everyone to feel really comfortable and safe at our shows and safe in the in music in general. Um, I was going to ask you what your definition of success is here in 2019. And it sounds like that's part of it. Um, it to me, that's something that's always kind of shifting because it's a really strange business to be in. It is. This industry is so wild. And I, I definitely feel, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with it. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I feel like a lot of us do because it's, it's so hard. It's really, really difficult. Every single day I feel like is a fight and a struggle. Um, and especially, you know, being queer, being Brown, being a woman, like there's so many different layers to it. Um, so to me, success in an industry that honestly bases so much, of you know, success is paired with numbers and, and followers and growth and likes and, and streams and all of this stuff, which can be so, it feels like a rat race at times to me success is again like looking out into the crowd and seeing people crying looking out into the crowd and seeing people smiling um coming you know having folks come up to me afterwards saying 
you know, your songs have kept me alive or your songs. Um, I got your lyrics tattooed on my body and I look at them every single day, like, and it, that keeps me going like that to me, I have to view that as success because at the end of the day, I think about legacy a lot. And I think about, you know, if I were to die tomorrow, is anyone really going to care how many Instagram followers this project has? No, you know, <laughs> yeah, like they're just not, that's not, that's so irrelevant. But if, you know, like this music touched people or if these lyrics meant anything, or if, you know, me stopping and, and taking the time after a show to talk to someone or, or sign something, if, if that's going to be what people remember, then that's success. To, you know, that has to be success. Are you hearing from any uh, younger artists, maybe underrepresented artists who are maybe seeing themselves in a way through you finally? Yeah. And that's success too. And that's wild to me. And probably the most rewarding is uh, actually, so I'm in Sacramento, like I was saying, and it's my hometown and it's where I grew up and really taught myself how to sing and perform. And I spent, you know, countless years here playing so many shows um, on like street corners and cafes and basements and, you know, really built a foundation here. And so, uh, it was my first night back. I was just walking down the street, just kind of, you know, just, just taking it all in. And I was stopped a number of times by younger artists, um, a couple of musicians, and then there were a couple of queer painters actually, And all of them were saying, like, just so stoked that I was home, that I was here, like, spending my time here. And a lot of the feedback was, like, you know, you are the reason why we're doing this. Or, you know, like, we are inspired by your work. And so that's inspiring our work. And I just think that that's, like, the coolest thing. And I think, like, that's that's what we're supposed to be doing here is just, like, inspiring each other. Um, cause I remember growing up, I didn't really have that many, you know, queer artists to look up to, especially not locally. So it's just so rad to be able to like have any kind of impact. I'm always really curious about, um, artistic identities and naming and that kind of thing. And, uh, I'm curious what shifted for you creatively or like maybe ethos wise when you changed your name to Rituals of Mine. Yeah, so, you know, I've been under the name Sister Crayon for years and loved it, loved all that it brought, all that it it took me. But I felt like it was, you know, when I first started the project, it was supposed to just be a funny alter ego back in 2008, like my rap ego. Like it was a joke, really. And then it turned into this like serious band and a serious project that was getting some traction and you know, the lineup changes over the years just had been so immense that in 2015, um, my father passed away. He died by suicide. And then six months ago, six months later, my best friend died in an accident. And I just felt this immense, you know, after these losses, I just felt like I, I don't want to continue this project name. This was the, this was how my father and my best friend had known me for so long under the sister crayon name and I just did not feel that I wanted to continue the name if they couldn't be there and so for me I felt like 
I need to put this name to rest along with them, and that is going to be this time capsule that will forever be with them. And quite honestly, I just felt like I, I wanted to start something new, something fresh, and have a clean slate. So then that way, not only with that heavy you know baggage of what I had just gone through, but I also wanted to create a new sound that I've always envisioned, but kind of felt like I couldn't under the Sister Crayon moniker. You posted, uh, you reposted this quote recently on Instagram by someone named Sev Dalisa um, that really resonated oh, yeah. with me. Um, can I read part of it here? I wanted to ask you about it. Yeah, please. Um, this is just the abridged version, but quote, there's nothing more glorious on the face of the earth than someone who refuses to give up, who refuses to give in to their most self-hating, discouraged, disillusioned self, and instead learns slowly and painfully how to relish the feeling of building a hut in the middle of the suffocating dust. Uh, that one really struck a chord with me. And I think a lot of people, because uh, I'm like deep into meme therapy, uh, so that <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for those road signs <laughs> always. Um, but I mean, it, yeah. it, it, you did just touch on it a bit, but how does that sentiment speak to or reflect your experience? Oh man, I, um, as soon as I saw that, it, it kind of took my breath away as soon as I read that quote. And I think, um, you know, Sevdaliza is just always putting out so much wisdom. But when I read that, it was, I, I too feel that, you know, the things come as we need them. I really do believe that. And I believe as, maybe as corny as it sounds, but it's so true that signs come when we absolutely need them and that the universe provides whatever that means. It, it just does. And time and time again, all throughout my life, I've had moments like that. And, um, you know, I was really, really feeling down, just overwhelmed. Um, every single day in this industry, I feel like there's, an, there's more obstacles that come and I'm a pretty resilient person, but I was feeling very, very discouraged. And as soon as I read that quote, it immediately just locked everything in again and just kind of reset my motivation and my energy towards, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing here. And so I just think that it it's so true. There's nothing more beautiful than seeing a person, you know, just completely unwilling to give up on what they're passionate about, on what their dream is. And I think um, resiliency is one of the most beautiful, most attractive qualities. Um, and yeah, I just think to me, I, I almost kind of want to get that tattooed on my body just so that it can be reminded every single time when I need it, when I feel discouraged. Um, but I think, you know, it was really beautiful. As soon as I reposted it, I realized just how much we're all feeling this way. It resonated so profoundly with folks. And I, I think it's really easy when you're feeling down or discouraged to forget that you're not alone in this feeling. We're actually all somewhat feeling this way, um, just on different levels, different extremes. So it was really beautiful to kind of share that and to, to see the responses that people um, had towards it. It just made me feel a lot less alone and, and in that more motivated to keep going. Moments like that feel like the brighter side of social media in 2019. Yeah, totally. And I think that, that it's super important to remember that there are so many incredible aspects 
about social media. Of course, there's negatives, but exactly like those are the those are the times where I'm like, this is amazing. Like we're all able to connect simultaneously over one idea and and remember and that we're not alone in these feelings that we're able to actually share in real time that we're feeling the same way. And that was like a really beautiful chain of exchanging energy.
This episode of Homo Ground was made possible by our Patreon supporters, Adriana Martinez, Ashley Amon, Brian Shields, Chris Lane, Corey, Critical Explorers of Future Societies, D, Jordan La Liaison, Joseph Martin, Kim Baglieri, Lucenti, Lucy, Michael Bacon, Queer Public, and Willard Joyce. If you would like to support Homo Ground and are able to financially, head over to homoground.com slash Patreon. We spoke a bit about your live show at the beginning of the uh, conversation, and I know you're about to head out on tour. Uh, maybe we should talk about the record a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, it's called Sleeper Hold. It's coming out like next week, week after on Car Park. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah <laughs> October 4th? October 4th. <laughs> uh, how many songs is it? You know, it's short. It's only going to be three. Nice. And um, it's, yeah, it's very, it's a short, short teaser into the full length album. Um, But I'm really, really excited about it. The full length album is going to be completely all new material. Um, But Sleeper Hold is, you know, an EP that I wanted to release that kind of is a time capsule of the last three years of my life. And I really felt like it just needed to be its own statement. Um, And I'm really, really excited about it. It's, you know, uh, the significance of the title is basically just how I felt grief and loss had, had made me feel. I felt like I was, you know, honestly in a sleeper hold for the last three, three and a half years of my life. And so um, I just really wanted to touch on that feeling and, and, you know, I hope that it resonates with others who are feeling the same way. What is your recording process like or that side of things? We talked a bit, a lot about the, the feelings and the intention and the show. I'm curious what part of the, um, the making of the recorded works uh, feels good to you or, or what the process is. It's, it's been really fun because over the last year and a half, I finally, for the first time in my adult life, had a recording studio of my own um, called Bitchwave Studios. And it was a really huge step for me, but it it proved to be like the best thing that I could have done, which was basically just kind of take over my own space. And instead of, you know, trying to get time somewhere else or, or scrounge up money to like go to another studio, I built my own studio with my longtime producer, Wes Jones. And we kind of just hold up in this you know, in the space and created the EP pretty quickly. Um, And it's where we also have recorded at least half of what's going to be the next album in it as well. And so for us, you know, when we first started working together, Wes was living in St. Augustine, Florida. So we would, you know, plan trips once or twice a year and kind of work together on there. And then through, you know, just sharing ideas through, email and whatnot. But um, last year, Wes uh, moved out to Los Angeles. So we were able to really hone in and finish our ideas. And Heavyweight was the first track that we um, started for Sleeper Hold and kind of just went from there. But it was really awesome and really empowering working in my own studio and in my own space and kind of feeling like we had all the time that we needed to really hone in on what we wanted to create and not feel this immense pressure of like, Oh my God, we have a couple hours here or we booked this room for only X amount of time. Like it felt really organic and it, there was a lot of freedom in that. 
Uh, I'm curious if there are any challenges in terms of suddenly being in the same place. Like sometimes it's easier for me to be more vulnerable in my writing when I am sending things to someone via email. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, it definitely, I, I like to work alone primarily, at least in the writing process, um, because, you know, I want to be able to, to, to make mistakes and to sing off key if I need to, or to completely, you know, just mess up. And so I have to, the initial stages of writing, I have to absolutely be alone. It's very rare when I'm in the room with someone else. Um, but then from there, it feels really good to be able to go share an idea through email, kind of pick that apart and dissect it, and then meet up with Wes. And we kind of just bounce each other, you know, bounce ideas off of each other from there. Um, but it definitely was an adjustment for sure, because, you know, we even though we've been working together since 2013, 2012, um, we've always just kind of had these little chunks of time together where it's been, you know, it'll be like, all right, cool. See you in, you know, uh, six months and we'll work together for a few days. And that's kind of it. But now it's like awesome, we're going to meet up once a week and work together. And there was definitely an adjustment period there of of more of just like, okay, wow, we actually have like a consistent game plan. Uh, you mentioned Bitchwave Studio, and I've been wearing the Bitchwave sweatshirt everywhere, and I get a lot of questions about <laughs> it. So now's my chance to ask you to uh, like distill the Bitchwave uh message what's the elevator pitch for bitch waves so i know how to accurately describe this project <laughs> or this entity yeah um bitch wave you know bitch wave we're creating bitch wave it's an ever-evolving concept and collective it's a mood it's a movement and basically all that it is is we are just trying to create space for those that the industry you know have never really created space for and basically all that we're trying to do is create environments whether it's you know pop-ups or a collective or a label which we have big plans for um really it's just to help support highlight and uplift marginalized folks in this industry and i you know we started bitchwave kind of accidentally which was um because lauren ross who is my partner in this, had an album with her project, La Luma, and we, she wanted to release it. And I was just like, hey, let's just release it on our own. Let's just start this. And I had the name Bitchwave um, for a while in the back of my mind. And I was just like, I want to use this. I want to create this um, space where we can really support one another and not feel like we're pitted against each other or there's limited resources or there's just like a mentality of lacking something and so you know that's our our goal and it's again ever evolving and, and growing steadily it our goal is just to create space for marginalized folks to feel like they have a home or they have so, a support system can you tell me what it meant to you to make the burst video yeah oh my gosh that was seriously one of the best experiences that i've had um doing music it was such a beautiful process of friends and new friends, old friends coming together to really show support for this project. And I still feel overwhelmed by it. Um, 
we had a very, you know, like a small budget and somehow pulled it off. And the only reason why we were able to pull it off is because so many incredible people came together and, um, you know, offered their talents, their resources and their passion and their energy. Um, and I'm just, it was, it was a tangible moment for me to actually take a step back and see just how loved and supported this project is. And sometimes when you're just like working, you know, every single day on, on the project, it's really easy to forget that. It's really easy to feel kind of alone in situations, but that video and that entire process really showed me like, wow, like, this project is loved. And it was just so incredible. We were able to have, you know, friends of ours, queer friends, trans friends, um, people of color, like just all on deck, all on the crew in the video. And like everyone was able to shine and have their moment. And it was just seriously one of the best days of my life. I think that's what's so cool about this project is there's so many opportunities for like making a video with that uh, kind of group of people or, you know, just general advocacy, working on your stage show, working on recordings. Um, do you feel creatively fulfilled? I do. I really, really do. And I think it had to, the reason why I do is because even though I've loved every, every moment of this project and every evolution of it, every lineup, I feel like it's finally where I've always hope the project would be, which is when I started it over a decade ago, um, where it's focused on me writing, just just me writing, you know, like, obviously, Adam is such an incredible bandmate, they are amazing. And they totally take our live show to the next level, like, more so than I ever could have imagined. Um, but I think I'm able to, because it's just me and Wes, working in the studio together, I'm able to really feel this creative freedom where when you're writing with other bandmates, sometimes, or at least for me, I always kind of felt a little censored, a little insecure, just because I'm, you know, I don't know, I just felt a little restricted. But now I feel 100% like I can write about my life and, and kind of feel just very uninhibited. Um, in a way that I've never truly felt before. And so I think now having the ability and the resources to work with all of these individuals that I love and that inspire me so much, like Adam, like Wes, like Lex, um, like Chris, um, all of these folks who just continuously inspire me with their own stories. I don't know. I just feel like the project is exactly where I've always hoped it would be. What do you have coming up later this fall and for the rest of the year? Finishing the album. Okay. That is number one priority for me. Um, uh, we're, finish we're doing a Pacific Northwest and West Coast tour that starts tomorrow. And then um, we're doing a bunch of EP release shows in California in October. And um, doing some spot dates in November, but all throughout there really just trying to hone in and finish this album it's it's so close but of course you know there's the mixing period is always <laughs> going to take the longest but um 
that is our goal is to really just finish this record thank you for your time and your music and the work you're doing for a lot of people in this industry that have needed someone like you around oh gosh thank you for you know taking the time and for caring and honestly for just seeing me that means a lot Many thanks to Tara Lopez. Be sure to check out Rituals of Mine live if you have the opportunity to do so. Their new album is called Sleeper Holds, and it's just a taste of what's in store. This is Maya McDonald for Homoground. I'll see you all next time. of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com it's like your own personal post office sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts that's stamps.com code program doctors take field of greens for their own health here's dr ryan green to explain we're like you too much fast food not enough exercise that's why i take field of greens the fruits and vegetables in field of greens support my heart lungs kidneys and metabolism for weight loss And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health 
or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.